then I was wearing the shoes I was going to wear for race day. And I was like, whoa, this is more rocky and kind of beating up my feet more than I remember. And like, I kind of was second guessing my shoes at the time. And in case like, well, are you going to change your shoes? I'm like, no, because I didn't bring anything else. Like I'm, I'm pretty committed. I'm pretty committed right now. Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not-so-average runners. And they're off. Hey, everyone. We are back with another Gotta Run Racing episode. Indeed. What is going on in the world of Gotta Run Racing? If you're watching this on YouTube, you might notice something new. These awesome mics. <laughs> yes. We have some new bling in the house we sure do and we have a secret patreon supporter to thank for that mm. so thank you secret patreon supporter yes and we also have another thank uh thank you for patreon that's anthony's joined us in the last month or so so thank you and if you'd like to become a supporter of the podcast and the youtube channel head on over to our website there's a link there you can sponsor us for as little as two bucks a month i think Two or three bucks? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, instead of getting that coffee at Tim Hortons, there you uh, go. a little, throw gutter on racing, <laughs> a little toony. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps. Look what it's already know, done. It's bought us it's, this equipment. So just, uh, everything that comes our way goes right back into the show. That's right. Mm -hmm. What's happening in the world of gutter on racing? Well, we're coming up on March, which means a new province for our We Run the North virtuals. Mm, that's still going strong. Still going strong, and we're heading into Saskatchewan. Whoa. Mm -hmm. One of these days, we're going to get to one of the, all these national parks. Yes, we're going to do it all in one year. Uh, <laughs> wow, okay. When we have our RV, <laughs> and we're going to run in each of them. Okay, that's the plan. That's the plan, Stan. Wow. Yes. And who do we have on the podcast today? Well, here's a hint. The big race this past weekend that I'm sure many of you were live streaming, Black Canyons. <sighs> Black Canyons. And it was quite an epic competition on both the men's and the women's side. It was a close, it was very close for the three top three guys coming into that finish line. It sure Only was. by a matter of minutes. <laughs> sure was. And we have the winner. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Anthony Costellis. <laughs> How exciting. <laughs> So let me tell you about Anthony. Yeah, let's hear about Anthony. Okay, he's from California, lives in Salt Lake City. Yep. Anthony is a marathoner. Originally. Originally. <laughs> and now he's come to the dark side. <laughs> he's a 213 marathoner, which is very, very close to Olympic standards. Yeah, he must have been going for the uh, national team. Yeah, and he's been in doing ultras for five years now in 2018 he won his very first ultra mm. in his backyard down in moab that's the red hot 55k then he won a 50 miler the following year and he went on to win his first 100k in 2021 at the canyons earning him a western states ticket yeah i can't wait to talk about that yes what else <laughs> he did not go to western so oh. we'll have to find out why he did not okay and then he came in second in his first 100-miler that same year at Run Rabbit Run. Oh. This past weekend, <laughs> he, of course, set the new course record at Black Canyons at one of the most competitive fields in that event's history. Well, that's his, uh, quite the resume. Sure is. I can't wait to hear about all that and more. All right, let's get to it. Here is Anthony coming up. 
obviously we want to start off by congratulating you on your amazing performance at Black Canyons this past weekend and setting the course, yeah. new course record, seven hours, 32 minutes and change. Have your feet touched the ground yet? <laughs> Has it settled in? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're it's it's good. It's uh, it was a lot the first couple of days, but yeah, it's everything's starting to settle back to reality a little bit more. Walking normal as well now too, so <laughs> yeah, everything's uh, getting back to normal life. What's the first thing you do after uh, an epic run like that? Do you go to Cheesecake Factory or what? What's the what's... <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, no, nothing special on food that I get right away. Just honestly, whatever I get to eat that works out. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, honestly, a lot of times I just got to get back to work pretty quickly after. <laughs> and, um, which is always funny sometimes when I'm walking around all funny and the kids are like, what'd you do? And I was like, Oh, I did a race. How far? And I'm like, I don't even really want to talk about it because you're going <laughs> to ask too many questions. <laughs> you teach middle school or yeah, middle school, middle school. So they really don't have any concept of what it is that you do. Um, the school I'm at now does a little bit. They they kind of understand a little bit more. And then I actually have a, quite a few staff members that um, really understand where I've been at schools before that barely even knew I ran, let alone competitively or at any level, which I there's pros and cons of both, actually. <laughs> or, uh, it was actually kind of nice, like flying under the radar and just talking about work sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, we are definitely going to obviously talk about Black Canyon. But before that, uh, you were obviously a very accomplished marathoner before ultras. Mm -hmm. And a lot of fast marathoners are now getting into the ultra scene. We're just wondering what made you switch over from serious marathon running to ultra running. Um, well, I was doing a couple. I mean, I started... My first marathon was in 2014 and then kind of dabbled with it. My like big breakthrough marathon was in 2017, but two years leading before that, I was already doing some trail running as well. Like it was shorter. I did a um, half marathon trail race um, up at one of the skis, ski resorts near us in Salt Lake and then um, did the Moab trail marathon. That was like a USATF championships. So I did that two years in a row before right one of the years right before like i had like a really breakout marathon that the one that most people talk about <laughs> um so yeah uh i was already kind of doing the trail stuff tim tolson was a alumni of mine at chico state and he kind of had brought in my eyes on the ultra stuff living in salt lake uh people are really into it and they kind of brought in my eyes about it too like where i went to we did a lot of trail running in uh, college where mm. Tim and I went, but uh, we didn't know much about the scene of ultra, like the races as much. I wasn't too familiar with it, but we did do like just a lot of day-to-day -day Sunday long runs on pretty real trails out there, which is probably why we both enjoyed the transition so much. Right. And you grew up not too far from the Western States course, if I understand. Yeah. I, Grew up pretty much smack dab between Sacramento and San Francisco. And um, it's like 45 miles away from each of them. And so that put me about less than 90 minutes away from uh, Auburn itself on a good day. So, yeah, that our coach actually took us up 
man, when I was like a sophomore or junior in high school and took us up all the way to Auburn, like for like a, a long run a couple of times and just to show us like real trails and <laughs> what it's like to run, run along like the American river and get away from the streets. We had like a pretty cool park uh, in Fairfield, but it was very just small mm-hmm. where we'd have like kind of do loops within it. Actually, like kind of had that same feel as uh, Auburn, but just very, very tiny. Nice. <laughs> in the, the marathon with the so much hard training you did and you have to constantly be checking your splits. Do you still check splits in your ultra running? Or as in, much? In, in, yeah, as much or do you? Uh, no, definitely not. Um, <laughs> And even like uh, once I started running really well in the marathon, I didn't check them every time. Okay. <laughs> I, I checked them. Uh, I was like more competing. Like I, I always say, like, as soon as I started competing more, I got faster at the marathon. And instead of worrying about like uh, if I run this too much faster than this, I'm going to blow up. Like always <laughs> being worried about that. That kind of changed a lot. But like this last race, uh, knows more. I would have an idea like what a common good pace was for like the average between aid stations so like Mm -hmm. between the first and second aid station i knew it was pretty fast like anywhere from like 615 to 645s were Mm -hmm. like a a pretty good common pace uh the next aid station was almost 15 seconds faster than that the sixth aid station between the sixth and seventh aid station it was about almost eight minutes a mile and i just kind of had those general idea what was a good floating i call it floating pace right um between eight stations wow it must be nice though not to have to check your watch as as much as you would all right well before we really dig into black canyons let's talk about one of your big ones which was your first 100k canyons 2021 at that point is it safe to say you were still kind of relatively unknown when you told the line and maybe there wasn't so much pressure on you to be competing with the big guys because they maybe didn't know who you were at that point? You know, the only reason why uh, people probably hadn't heard of me for a while, while is because I got uh, one injury like in 2019, which slowed things down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I was really fit in 2020, but we all know what happened in 2020 <laughs> um, with pandemic and no races for a while. So then I was just kind of under the radar for a little bit from that. And then uh, luckily I was able to, because it was right in our backyard, Speed Goat 50K was like right. kind of the yeah. first like real elite trail race in the U.S. Po- or during the pandemic. And and uh, I took third at that one, which was uh just a really good result with the, there was actually quite a few good runners in there. Right. And the guy that actually won it, Noah, uh, who lives in Salt Lake, he, uh, he was like a good friend of mine. He won it. And then he was at Canyons and well, it's took third. So it was almost like we were doing yeah. it again together, which is pretty <laughs> awesome in 20 at Canyons. And uh, we flip flop spots. Like he won it and I took third and then at Canyons, I won it and he took third. Nice. So it's like, we wanted to go one two. We wanted to go one two, and we were both a little <laughs> bitter about it. Um, but, but uh, it was really uh, a special. Those the, both those were really special moments because it was like doing it with a friend. And right. nobody knew what you can do at the hundred k level. At the hundred k level, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty down. Um, the only race I did that was over fifty k at that point. I did uh the North Face fifty miler, and right. I went in like very fit but not prepared in the legs because it was coming off that last injury i 
kind of told you about mm-hmm. and i thought i was going to be able to squeak by with not as many miles but a big a lot of fitness for cross training and and i didn't <laughs> um, I, I got to like 42 miles and the lake said we're not ready for this and uh Aww. it went pretty south uh the last uh, eight miles of the race <laughs> nice. but uh that was my only experience over really over 50k um going into 2021 canyons yeah. And you did earn a ticket to Western States, but you said no to it for whatever reason. And then you went on to run rabbit run. Uh, I actually, I accepted it and, uh, I just had a small injury that didn't last very long at all, but, uh, it was just, just enough. And at the worst timing where mm-hmm. it didn't really make sense to go start at Western States. Um, it was right at Canaan's was only nine week, uh, nine weeks between States mm-hmm. and, uh, it came on like a week after the race and then it lingered around for like only a couple, only a few weeks. But by the time I was able to get training again, it, it just didn't seem like a smart idea to go to your first hundred mile or not prepared. Especially <laughs> mentally. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was just a, the, it was probably, I think it was a smart decision. It was tough because it gets brought up all the time that I <laughs> yeah. should have been there and um, wasn't able to be there. Um, because it states and everybody's so in- interested about that. And uh, so that was a bummer part about it, that it was just a really, really small hiccup at a bad time. Not so much like I was out for six months or anything like that. Well, it's good that you got a hundred mile area in before Western States now at Run Rabbit Run. So then how overall, how did Run Rabbit go? Yeah, Run Rabbit went really well. Training was solid for it. Learned a lot from that race, met a really good friend of mine now dave stevens who won it uh during the race that uh him and i uh keep uh pretty are pretty close uh uh, like through like uh social media and stuff but Mm -hmm. we uh are always going back and forth and talking about what the next things we're doing and trying to pump each other up so (laughs) that was really cool that uh we kind of ended with a friend after that yeah and just learned a lot of little stuff uh that he could like maybe change maybe some things that I wouldn't have let Dave trap me into that day that he did. And uh, I would have maybe helped my race out. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really fun race. Great environment. The race directors over there are just some of the best people, I think, and uh, really progressive for the sport, for the elite athletes. And uh, yeah, definitely a great event. I'd just love to go back to someday. I'm not sure when, but someday I think it'd be fun to go back to. How long did it take you? Because that must have been the longest time on feet at that time um it was i want to say like i think dave was right over 18 hours and i was like 1840 or so um i want to say 1840 is what i ran so how did it feel being so long on feet (laughs) it was it wasn't that bad it was uh i just got dropped pretty good by him around mile 75 Mm. and uh the course was just i i kind of thought we were going back up a different route around there and it just got really technical and uh mm. wasn't what i was expecting in the dark and then <laughs> you know it was his first one past 75 and <laughs> it it started to get pretty lonely out there <laughs> and i was just like i didn't know i, I was hoping i was going to be able to finish but just knew the third third and fourth place were just had to be coming up behind me so it was the last climb we did around mile 85 to 90 was pretty brutal because it was like a pretty solid hill and i was like i'm not sure if i'm going to be able to do this and uh it was just a cool experience to figure it out 
get to the top and then have a brutal downhill to the finish. <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It hurt pretty bad. I almost felt better going uphill. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you ran Black Canyons last year. What did you take from that race that you then applied to this year? If anything, if anything, things change, but. Yeah. Uh, I took a lot of the, just a couple different strategies for uh, handling the heat. Mm -hmm. um, even though it wasn't as hot this year was one of the main things. Uh, I've kind of, I've said it a bunch uh, from table Mesa, the very last uh, cruise station with about 10 miles to go to the race. I went in it last year and didn't, um, I only brought liquid calories out mm -hmm. and I left there. And as soon as I left with only liquid calories, I realized like there wasn't anything for me to get myself wet and stay cool the whole way in. And it really just like, kind of messing with me mentally mm -hmm. it was really it was about 15 degrees hotter it was much much hotter day mm -hmm. but there was like a slight wind where if you were just had the slightest bit of water on you or just moisture going on um it really wasn't that bad but if you were completely dried out it was a pretty brutal hot day in february in arizona <laughs> so um yeah that was like my big mistake of the day I made a couple of tactical uh, mistakes that day where I kind of didn't realize I kind of thought I was in a different position than I was um, mm. until halfway through the race. And um, that was one big thing that I was kind of keeping tabs on through the first uh, first part of this race, um, which went really well. So just a lot of extra mental things that went right. And just a lot of things that kind of fell into my favor this time where last time it was kind of backwards, I guess, is mm. the easiest way to say it. <laughs> was this your, uh, was this your A race for the last few months? Was this the one you were focusing on the most? Yeah, this was the one where I started thinking about doing it back in October. As soon as I was like, started to gear up towards that, um, start barely building up some miles. And then um, November, December came around and the list just got really competitive. My main goal this season this year is, go to the most competitive races I could find. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of what I want to do and not shy away from the competition. And, and I saw a couple names and then like one really big name got on there and it was like a done deal, <laughs> but let, let's go do this. Like you don't get to race people like that very often. So take your, take your chance. Are you talking about Tom? I'm talking about Tom. Yeah. Tom, <laughs> as soon as I saw Tom and I, uh, that was a, the big motivation <laughs> and i and i just someone that i've looked up to on the way he trains and conducts himself as an athlete so yeah once i saw him on there and it was just getting so much more of a quality race uh, it was a no-brainer to make sure to go out there with the course experience as well mm -hmm. so yeah uh pretty much just only a focus on that a lot of people have been asking me what the next thing is or if i take the ticket or that and so my answer was going for black canyon and i'm gonna go compete as hard as i can in black canyon and i'm not worrying about a ticket or yeah. if i'm in a position for a ticket i just want to go compete really hard yeah yeah one race at a time <laughs> yeah yeah one race at a time exactly. yeah a lot of people as soon as they got done with it they're like are you gonna are you gonna do this and i'm like i'd like to walk straight or <laughs> get these toenails fixed up or <laughs> before uh before i started thinking about my next race that's right so now let's dive deep into black canyon yeah. and of course we all are watching it live but what we've noticed right off the gun is that it 
it looked like a 5k race <laughs> everyone is gunning yeah <laughs> is that what it felt like did they take us through the beginning of this race when everyone just took off it it looks i think a lot fast. i mean it is pretty fast uh uh splits wise it's just the easiest part of the train is the first 20 miles mm. i think there's like one small little climb around three miles and other than that it's instead of climbing a couple hundred feet you're descending a couple hundred feet the trail is also the most smooth part of the trail of the day mm. and it's just there's so many both the years i've done it like there, there's so many people just in a line on this single track that are just kind of running together like a train i say it looks like a college team that's uh out <laughs> for like a sunday long run or something <laughs> and uh it's pretty cool that it's like that packed up i think the single track makes it a lot different and like also within it there's no real big punches that like splits up the field in that first 20 miles. So mm -hmm. that's why I think everybody stays pretty close is oh. it's just a relatively smooth, smooth first 20. And then as soon as you get down to the first cruise station at Bumblebee, mm -hmm. as soon as you leave that, there's like the first real big punch of the day and things start splitting up pretty quick, quick <laughs> after that. Yeah. Let's try to break this down into thirds. When did you find the, your rhythm in this race when you finally were able to catch your breath? Have you checked out our virtual series yet? We Run the North, celebrating Canada's national parks, features a total of 13 10 kilometer challenges, one for each province and territory. How many national parks can you name? Medals that connect, license plate style bibs, and cool swag can be yours. Visit gotterunracing.com for more details. Yeah, rhythm was pretty good the whole time. Uh, I leaving Bumblebee at mile 20, I felt like I was in a really good spot. Kind of knew where the leaders were. There were a couple were ahead of me. Cole Watson was two minutes on us, and Tom was about a minute on me probably at that point. And I was running with one other guy, John Ranieri. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we we're in a good, just good spot. I thought the leaders weren't too far away. And just kind of floated through that next section, knowing I didn't need to do too much. And really, if I want, I wanted to make a move by a Black Canyon or get make sure I was with them by the time we left Black Canyon was mm. the main idea. It was probably like the most lonely and kind of frazzling part of the race. I'd say that third, uh, I kind of got out there on my own, like around 50K and it was starting to get pretty hot or a lot more hot. It was like a section where it kind of feels like it should be easy on this dirt road, but it is harder than it really is. <laughs> and I kind of remembered it from last year, but it, it just kind of messes with you a little bit. Couldn't see the two guys that were in front of me and didn't, or it started out a little bit and then crossed the river uh, right before we did the last like ascent to Black Canyon. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I crossed it, I noticed I was actually right behind those two guys that were together. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm in a good spot. I know I could kind of get up to them right at the aid station, which is like the perfect area to kind of bridge this gap. So it just uh, really just played out into my favor and the area caught up, caught up to them. Do you prefer chasing or being chased? I prefer, I definitely prefer not so much. Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind chasing. I, I, I do like chasing. I, I guess it's the better answer is like, I like, catching and then be on no catching like the second half of a race rather than 
getting caught up to and then yeah, well, that may- <laughs> need to assess once I get caught up to. I think that that's uh, the, the big one is uh, even if like you're feeling good and somebody catches up to you, it's never like a good, it never feels great. <laughs> um, so yeah, I liked uh, just the way it worked. It worked out really well uh, getting excited, uh, chasing and catching and then, and then being able to like be like, okay, now that I caught you, I'm ready to be the one that really pushes it after this, which is uh, pretty fun. Right. Yeah, because if you're passing people, then you are in a good position. Obviously, you're passing people. <laughs> yep, you're always in a good position if you're passing people <laughs> mentally and uh, numbers in the race, right? <laughs> At what point did you take over the lead? Um, we left Black Canyon, and then Tom and I ran together for about a mile and a half or so. And then as soon as we started to drop across the river, you go across the river, and I had a little bit of a gap on them but not much and we cross the river and uh you start like pretty much the biggest climb of the day and it's about mm-hmm. two miles seven eight hundred feet which doesn't seem like it doesn't sound like too much but on that course it is and the exposure it's uh, it's the hardest climb of the day and i didn't know if i was going to be able to drop him there so and i kind of looked back after a half mile and he was right behind me if anything caught up to me so i was like okay push but don't you don't need to do everything you can up this to try to drop him he's a really good climber that's probably not the best idea so i just had a good pressure on him um i felt and those are the only actual splits of the day that i kind of did look at for a mile i knew like if you were running nine minute miles on those ones like you're in a pretty good spot mm-hmm. yeah as soon as i got the plan was uh, uh was like if i'm he's still kind of behind me at the top of this and i didn't drop him as soon as I get to the top of this and we peek over and it starts to become downhill, I'm just going to risk it all. And I'm just going to hammer as hard as I can for like the next mile, just to hopefully frazzle them or just, I just knew from course experience uh, from eight station, to eight station, it's nine miles. And uh, it's just a long time to not see a single soul out there uh, by yourself. So that, that was the idea is like get them in an co- uncomfortable spot as best as possible. Is that the section uh, Anthony, that's pretty technical because we were we were just at Elephant Mountain, and it I don't think there was one spot that didn't mm-hmm. have like river rock everywhere where you're kicking rocks. And the organizer told us that there's sections in Black Canyon that are quite similar to that. So we were just wondering mm-hmm. where that was. I yeah, that's gonna be the most technical section. As soon as you get over the top of that, and then the next about see it be probably seven, about 12 miles is probably the most technical part of the the day. And it it varies. Some some of it's not too bad at all. And then some of it, there's a couple of handful of sections that is like pretty rocky and loose um, that just kind of beat down your quads uh, quite a bit. And (laughs) you're getting pretty tired at that point because you're about 45 miles in. So (laughs) yeah, I get get, small things become bigger. It feels like right there. Last year, but last year it felt like uh, after Table Mesa, it was like the worst, but <laughs> that's just because I was feeling really bad last year by the time I left that aid station. And this year I looked at it and realized, I'm like, oh, this section is very runnable and actually a nice trail just because I felt so much better. <laughs> exactly. What a difference a year makes. Yeah. <laughs> what a difference it does make. <laughs> When you pass, Tom, do you guys share a little bit of words? You say a little, you have a little conversation back and forth, or do you just go past them and say, 
Yeah, we did have a conversation. Actually, uh, it was really cool. We left that aid station, and I didn't really have a – I don't want to say pacer so much. Uh, you're a lot of pacers at Black Canyon. But one of my – guy that's like a brother to me um, from high school that I hadn't seen in, like, quite a few years who's in the military came down um, because he was in Tucson, Arizona. And he came up to the race with his family. So I just joked around. I'm like, I know you're not in running shape, but how about you just like come pace with me for like a mile at the most, <laughs> if like if you could hang with us. So he jumped in and it was right when we caught, caught Tom. And it was kind of funny because Tom was talking to both of us. And it was I was just more excited because I haven't seen this friend in almost since 2019. And uh, I was just really excited to see him. Mm. Uh, so once he left after that mile, it was just Tom and I and, we were together for about a, a mile, mile and a half of chit chat and uh, talked about a couple of things. And, and it was, as soon as it got quiet, that's when I kind of like politely, I guess he said, uh, asked if I could get in front of him and basically get the pace moving a little bit faster. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think he was trying to slow things down actually a little bit. Not too much uh, talk because it got pretty serious. Yeah, I can imagine. I watched the after show and... Uh when tom admitted that he considered dropping the look on your face was like what <laughs> you had no idea that he had considered yeah. dropping i think what what is that table mesa he was talking about yeah which uh really surprised me because uh i knew like the last river crossing before we which is about a mile a little over a mile and a half before table mesa I was at, there's a climb out of it and I was able to kind of see him cross the river as I, as I was up the climb. So I knew he wasn't too far behind. So, and I saw him one more time, even after the aid station and hearing him saying he was almost going to drop what I felt like he was that close really surprised me that, uh, that was going through his head of, uh, giving up when you're really not too far out of first or just me messing up one little bit and being able to catch right back up. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'm really glad he didn't drop though. I, I think it, uh, it just made the day like for both of us that much more special just uh really battled out to the line now you did allude to what's next you do have a ticket and i did also hear you mention on the after show that you were contemplating uh another race on the same day as western which was the utmb marathons it's only been a few days you don't have to answer the question but have you decided what you're gonna do next <laughs> It's definitely have heavily favoring towards Western States, um, mostly because like I went into that idea of this year of go seek out the best competition, even though the Mount Blanc Marathon has pretty amazing competition as well. Um, um, Western States just has a lot of the guys that I've wanted to compete against for a long time. And then to do it all in one day is uh, the biggest motivation right now to go go there. It is just kind of a bummer because like that's uh, the other race I have wanted to do for years. So it's seems like it keeps getting put on the back burner and it's mm. in, a, in an amazing location. And and uh, they've offered to support me for a couple of years. And I keep saying I'm going to go there and then something comes up kind of deal. <laughs> so, yeah. But right now, yeah, playing on taking the ticket all the way till June. <laughs> <laughs> and see what happens. Yeah. Well, we're going to Chamonix for the big for the big one in uh, August. Norm's finally getting to do it, so awesome! That's so pretty, cool. Pretty excited about that. And you are a free agent, so we hope we sure as heck hope. Mm -hmm. And there's been lots of Twitter chat 
We hope you're getting phone calls. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that last night. I wasn't aware. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, a lot of chat about it. Well, we are. We are. We're in your camp. <laughs> now, obviously, North America would yeah, love. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. North America would love to see you at Western, but I'm sure Europe would love to see you out in, over in Chamonix. So <laughs> it's a big choice. It's a yeah, big decision. It is a big decision. <laughs> Yeah. One of the things, oh yeah, it's it's just a big decision. Yeah, they're they're both they're just both competitive in a different way. I think uh sometimes the US market doesn't understand like how competitive some of those uh that like that race over in Chamonix, um, the Mount Blanc Marathon that's uh, associated with the Golden Trail series really is like it's just those it's not that household US names, but they're just it's a monster of uh just lists of guys that are just so good as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, Black Canyon is, I, I, I give it five years, maybe sooner, that it's going to be a very international field. The top, there was three international finishers in the top eight. Yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, Black Canyon has a lot going for it with, uh, it's a golden ticket, which is crazy how quick that could change it to be not nearly as competitive if that gets taken away. It's a race that's, the cool thing about it is if you wanted to sign up the week before the race, there were still spots for you to open or go sign up, which isn't always the case for a lot of the more competitive races. Mm. And then what Jamil is doing with this live stream stuff is just really pushing it. And I think brands are going to want um, athletes to go to those type of uh, events too, because the whole time they're athletes getting shown through this uh, live broadcast. So even if they do, don't do well, it's still good exposure to the brand for them exactly yeah. i think that every time they do a live broadcast it's gotten better and better mm -hmm. and it's so exciting because you know everyone has fomo whether you're there or not and being able to turn it on in your laptop and and watch has been amazing and and it gets more people talking about it mm -hmm. and bring more more people to the sport which is what we're essentially after especially after the two years of pandemic and we're race directors we're still yeah. suffering the the consequences from that because races are not getting the same participation yet as they were before so yeah. all anything to talk about ultra is good whether it's bad or, <laughs> or good it's yeah, all good it's a hot take or not it's, a, <laughs> it's getting it out there yeah that's true that's funny so uh, I personally wanted to ask you, and and trust me, I am never in a race to be on a podium, but what's your advice? Because I have to tell you, the kicking rocks in Elephant Mountain, my toenails are still sore, and yeah. everyone says that running on Slick Rock is so much better. So what's your advice? Because you have a race coming up. <laughs> Three-day stage race. <laughs> Three-day stage race, and it's a Moab, right? You know, I did it actually a fair amount of my training on some slick rock, uh, and I did 150k out of Moab uh, three weeks before uh, Black Canyon, and it had a huge piece of slick rock, slick rock on it. And I was, I almost thought, I'm like, man, this was more technical, and beating me up more than I was hoping to, like during the race. And then, and then I got out to Black Canyon, and even though I was there the year before, I just did. Uh, like a four mile shakeout the day before the race, kind of by table Mesa yeah. kind of did it reverse down to the river and back. And, and I was wearing the shoes I was going to wear for race day. And I was like, 
whoa, this is more rocky and kind of beating up my feet more than I remember. And like, I kind of was second guessing my shoes at the time. And in case like, well, are you going to change your shoes? I'm like, no, because I didn't bring anything else. Like, oh, I'm, no. pretty I'm pretty committed right now. And uh, so I guess like the answer is like, if you would have told me before Black Canyon, which one was more technical, I would have said the Moab one. But uh, I think beating up your feet more, the Black Canyon elephant rock stuff uh, actually might be worse. So yeah you'll love it. it it you'll you'll forget about your feet because the scenery is so good out there yeah. um it's just an amazing special place uh that's just uh it's just endless out there the desert just so wide open and so much open land you'll you'll really enjoy it yeah i'm hoping that the scenery kind of takes my mind off it <laughs> mm -hmm. it will <laughs> good well to sum this all up big big congrats on black canyon and we want to know if you have any other bucket list races and maybe something in Canada. <laughs> you know, I don't know all the races. In Azex. I was actually asking Corinne Malcolm this question uh, the day before Black Canyon about like what big, bigger races are out in Canada. And she named quite a few, but uh, I've always, we went up to Banff, uh, I think like 2015 and we fell in love with it and have wanted to go back ever since like to that area so if there's any kind of races that you guys would suggest in that area i'm all ears because it's a uh, yeah definitely one of the most incredible places i've ever been so absolutely yeah well you should check out uh gary robbins squamish gary robbins squamish gary okay. squamish the 50 50 they do a 50 miler and a 50k back to back i think that is that is one of the ones i've looked up and saw okay is it like you do you do one one day and then one the next day or is you it... can you can yeah okay is that you can do it or just one or the other okay. yeah right yeah yeah all right but epic climbs epic rockies like can't go wrong you can't go can't wrong, go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> all right i'll have to get that write that one down now <laughs> yeah because jody's doing run the rocks in moab uh -huh. would you ever consider a stage race yourself you know, I considered one, there's one that was really trying to get a lead athletes out um, right before the pandemic that I was considering doing. It was out like in the Alps and uh, basically the pandemic shut it down. It was its first year trying to do it. And that one interests me because like the format was really cool to it mm -hmm. on terms of uh, it was incentivized a lot for elite athlete. Each day you kind of potentially win a little bit. And then if you did well throughout the whole stages like uh there was some overall pri prize money but that one really just interested me because it was like you got to see so many amazing places in the alps in five days compared to just one day of it so i thought that was like a really cool concept and idea to go see a new place more than anything yeah exactly i think destination races that's what we're all about because yeah we live in Ontario, which is pretty flat, not a lot of elevation. So when we're planning our training over the winters, which of course you know last four or five months, mm -hmm. we're looking for the we're looking for the climbs, we're looking for the the landscapes. So we pick yeah. based on destination all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's uh that's why I picked uh it was competitive as well, but Lavarado out oh. in Italy was uh the that was the reason why chose that one and i think i was on the podcast and they didn't know what it, what it was and 
Like, why are you doing that one? I was like, just go look it up and you'll figure it out. Like, <laughs> yes. It's, oh, it's, yeah. It's, 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 uh, I'm like, uh, just look up one picture. <laughs> and you'll know why I want to go there. That's the answer. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get to a little bit of rapid fire. We just like to have a little fun at the end of our show cool. by asking you just some fun questions. And you don't have to think too hard about it. So first thing that comes <laughs> to mind. Great. All right. A treadmill run or a minus uh, minus 10, I'll say minus 10 Fahrenheit out, outdoor run. What would you choose? Oh, I'd take the minus 10. <laughs> I, know how to, I know how to bundle or get warm <laughs> if needed. <laughs> What's another sport you'd like to excel in? Besides baseball. <laughs> um, no, that's like when I was a kid. Um, I don't know if I, I maybe like a mountain biking would be fun. Um, mm. Just like actually getting a lot better at that. I enjoy that a lot. And I don't do it enough to like feel very confident at everything. But I think it'd be a great cross training and fun experience to get really good at that. I think as another sport. Do you ski? Um, I did a, I used to like uh, just like uh, park ski, you know, or downhill ski, but um, never got too much into Nordic itself. I've like almost dabbled in it, but then something has pulled me away each time I've kind of thought about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Are you superstitious? Superstitious. Uh, superstitions. Yeah. I cut my hair before every race. That's uh, really? my pre-race. Yep. You feel like you're going faster? I, sometimes I think it's a, a mistake because it's cold, it's cold as soon as we start the race. <laughs> um, but no, that's kind of like the pre-race thing is I always uh, cut my hair. And actually, a funny story on that is uh, the 2020 marathon trials. I wasn't ready for it because some issues kind of happened before it. I was able to just make it to the start line and be able to run it. And it was funny because like I got done with the race and my wife looked in. She's like, you didn't even cut your hair. She's like, you weren't taking this serious at all. I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. Cause I didn't even <laughs> doing that part. So yeah, cutting my hair is, uh, one of the things that I guess I always do. So when you, when you're on the start line and your hair is cut, everyone else now knows no. you're, you're here to race. It's serious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good to know. What's your favorite food to eat after a race where you're like no guilt, just, this is what you're craving. This is what you're going to binge on. I like a burger a lot. Really just anything after a very long, like all church, like anything that's just on the spot kind of sounds good. Sounds good. And sounds like I'll be able to keep down, I guess. more than anything. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but no, a good burger and fries. I think it's always a pretty go-to. Okay. And last question, pick a superpower. Ooh, pick a superpower. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, transportation would be fun. Yep. You know, transport from one yep. area to the other, not to <laughs> cheat or anything, but <laughs> um, that just would be really cool. That's a popular one. In my opinion, you already do that because you get to the finish line <laughs> so fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much, Anthony. And we really appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a great. This is a great show. <laughs> is this your first uh, podcast with Canadians? Uh, yes, it, it will be the first podcast with Canadians. Yay! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me on. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. And we'll be uh, paying close attention to whatever happens in June. <laughs> All right. Sounds great. All Cheers. right. 
I hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Yeah, you too. you too. Bye now. Bye. Bye. There you have it. The winner of Black Canyons 2023, Anthony Costellas. Fresh off his hot win at Black Canyons. There's so many things about this race that interest me. The is when they juggle for position, he said, and when they finally pass Tom. Tom. Mm-hmm. They have a little bit of a conversation. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I also like the fact when he knew that there was going to be some big names at Black Cannon, he thought, okay, the race is on. Like he was excited. Yes. Excited to see what he can do. Because Black Cannon, I think, is going to turn into a real international event. Absolutely. Mm. And we'll see how long it will last that you can sign up <laughs> a couple of days before the race. A couple of days. Perhaps a lottery is in their future. Yeah. <laughs> it would be too bad. It would be too bad, but... Anyway. And he did learn a lot from last year's Black Canyon that he took into this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Almost an hour off his time. <laughs> That's huge. And, of course, we would like to see him at Western. But if he has other plans going to Europe, hey. Go for it. Yeah. Let's see what you can do against uh, Europeans. <laughs> we barely touched on the live stream, but quite honestly, it's it's really... It's the future, obviously. It's the future. Yeah. And it's awesome to see it happening more and more. And I think that there will be, like at UTMB and all those European races, there will be companies that take this over and do it at many races. Yeah. And it... it broadens the spectrum of the sport, makes people more aware of what's going on and appreciate these incredible athletes. Yeah. These guys need to be in the Olympics. They <laughs> the, need, the, the, the sport needs to be in the Olympics. They need to be getting paid. <laughs> They're training just as hard as, as anybody as else. As anybody else. As the person who comes in last place. That's right. It doesn't matter. No. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And... We might have a couple more Black Canyon finishers coming up. Yeah, stay tuned. And that's it? Yep. Until next time. We are your hosts, Jody and Norman. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Please visit our website, gotterunracing.com, for more details and join us on social media at Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can support our channel by joining us on Patreon. All of the links can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Cheers.